0: this morning, but you're here by divine appointment. Amen. We've been praying. We've been believing God. Hallelujah. And if you hadn't seen a miracle lately, just turn around, wave at us, Brother Eugene Hartline, wave at us, and you'll see a miracle of God. Glory. Oh, if that don't just bless your soul, we've been praying for brother gene amen yes, yes. amen god is so good church he listen is. he's a good god yes. hallelujah how blessed we are to be here today we're excited that you're here and we're excited about what god's gonna do in our service we always come with a great expectation knowing that anything can happen when we gather in his name and we worship him and he inhabits our praises amen amen mm-hmm. Oh, you may come in here with a need this morning. You may be needing a miracle. We serve a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We're going to go to the Lord and worship together. But first, I just want to remind you a couple of things in our bulletin. Next Sunday, we're going to have missionaries, Brother Sam and Sister Shelley Bowden with us. And uh, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have communion together. Amen. And uh, and then also don't forget our youth. They are hosting uh, summer movie nights. And uh, this begins this Friday night in the youth building. So all of our young people, you're invited to come out at 7. It's going to be a great time. They're going to have the snack shop open where you can purchase snacks. And you can sow into the kingdom of God. Amen. Because that money's going to go toward uh back-to-school fundraiser. So a lot of good things happening. Amen. Our uh, further, a little bit deeper into July, our Vacation Bible School coming up. So grab a bulletin so that you can get plugged in to what God is doing here at Pleasant Grove. Amen. Woo, glory. Will you stand this morning? We're going to pray. We're going to open our heart. We're going to invite the Lord, to have his way in our service today. What a mighty God, church. What a loving Savior this morning. We come to honor Jesus, the one who died for us, the one who washed us, who washed our sins away in his own precious blood. What a Savior. Let's pray. Let's worship together. And worship God. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And, Lord God, we thank you for your presence today, for your precious promises, Lord. We thank you that we see your hand, Lord, at work in the lives of your people, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you never change, but you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. You love us with an everlasting love, God. There's nothing that can separate us from that love nothing that can pluck us from your hand lord God today father we thank you lord for each one here we pray that you would pour out your spirit god upon us inhabit our praises as we lift our song to you the one that's worthy of all of our praise in Jesus name amen
1: be Thinking all is lost. Count too many the blessings, name them one by one. one. And they will surprise one. you at the Lord. God God has done. done. Yes, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. God has done. Yes, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So admit the conflict, whether great or small. journeys and count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what God has done count your blessings name them one by one count your many blessings see what God God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. count so many blessings, see what God has done. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for every blessing that you have given us and continue to give us, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is his name in all Jesus, oh, we love you, Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Jesus, we just want to. See. Shit.
2: Of praise. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of praise. And in our hearts, there's a melody of thanksgiving, a melody that exalts you and honors you and declares you are worthy, and there's unlike like unto thee. We love you and praise you. We thank you for how good you've been to us. We honor you for you alone, are worthy of honor, praise, glory greatness is unsearchable. Your mercies everlasting, everlasting. Your faithfulness to your people is great. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you. And we thank you for the privilege of praise. Help us to never lose the wonder. To never lose the excitement. To never lose the recognition that singing songs of praise to thee is a good thing. It's a proper thing. Is a pleasant thing because you are Lord and we praise you and honor you. And all God's people said, Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Oh, he's worthy, he's worthy. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We We thank you. We honor you. We recognize you are King of kings, Lord of lords. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. So good to see everybody out this morning. Welcome to the house of God. Uh, children, you are dismissed at Children's Church. I almost said open up to your text, But first, let the children go to Children's Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, that last song reminds me a little bit of one of my favorite Christmas songs. You know, one of my favorite Christmas songs, that little drummer boy. I have no gift to be, to bring to the king. Amen? But I can give him my praise. I can give him my my talent. I can give him. Amen? He doesn't need me. If I wasn't here, he wouldn't have missed a beat. But oh, what a privilege to praise him and honor him. Amen? Don't ever lose the wonder. Don't ever forget it. it's a privilege to praise the Lord. Amen? Now, if you have your Bibles this morning... If you would turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. We're going to read from the New King James Version. This is not a series, though we could take it on Wednesday night and stretch it out for a month or so, but we we won't do that. But 2 Timothy, the second chapter, beginning with verse number one. Paul writes, you therefore, my son, be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We're digging into that on Wednesday night. God's got a lot of grace, amen? He wants us to know how to be strong in that grace and tap into that grace and receive that grace. But here we go, verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we reproduce, reproduce. You take it, pass it on. Verse 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of his life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. we we'll am going to spend our time this morning preaching about being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Help us to apply your word to our everyday lives. May hearts be greatly encouraged this morning. Let wounded hearts be healed. Let tired hearts be refreshed. Let all God's people be equipped. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. You know, as you study your Bible, you'll see that God uses images, Bible pictures. To communicate to you and I what a Christian is. um, To help us understand the different aspects, the different privileges and responsibilities that we have as God's people. And that's why, again, as you study, you'll see many pictures and descriptions of the Christian in the Bible. For example, there's saints and there's sheep. There's priests and then there's pilgrims. There's servants. There's sons. There's living stones. There's ambassadors. There's runners in a race. There's branches on a tree. There's new creations. This morning we talked about soldiers. You know, in the Bible, typically when a soldier is mentioned, he's mentioned in a productive way, in a positive way. But here again, God uses this word soldiers as an example for you and I and a description to help us understand more about our Christian calling and our Christian experience. I mean, a good soldier, if you know anything about soldiering, A good soldier is a man of discipline, a man, a woman of discipline, daring, courage, and commitment. They're people of sacrifice and faithful service. They're people of loyalty and devotion, certainly obedience and perseverance. Paul calls Timothy, Paul calls you and I, to serve the Lord as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And Paul saw, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul saw in the life of a soldier a picture of the life of a Christian. This morning, we want to note some qualities and learn more about the Christian life and responsibility. I mean, if I'm going to be a soldier, I want to be a good soldier for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Number one, let's start out in verse 4 with the enlistment. With the enlistment. And now three of our thoughts are coming from verse 4. So let's look at that again. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life That he might please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Number one, let's notice our enlistment. As a Christian, we've been drafted. We've been chosen. We've been called and elected by God to serve God and to please our commander. The key here is to please the one that chose us, that embraced us, that died for us. Jesus said it in John 15, familiar verse. You did not choose me, but I have chosen you. I chose you and I appointed you to be fruitful, to bear fruit, to bring glory to the Father. So again, the Father is glorified. He's pleased. When we respond to that call and live a life that bears fruit to his name, one mark of a good soldier is a genuine desire to please the one that enlisted him as a soldier, to please the one that chose him. And the one he serves. In the same way, a Christian should have a deepest desire to please the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our commander in chief. The faithful Christian's dearest hope is to receive the reward for loyal service and to hear the Master say, Well done, Thy good and my faithful servant. You and I are saved this morning, we're saved as we've been chosen. Salvation is of the Lord. Before you could choose him, he chose you first. Before you could ever receive him, he elected you first. And we've been chosen and enlisted to serve and to have a desire in our hearts. To please the one who selected us, purchased us with his own blood, chose us and redeemed us. And when you and I received Christ, we at that moment were placed into the family of God. Drafted, chosen and called to do his works. And to carry out his call, enlistment should lead to desire to please the one that chose us. If and when this salvation ever becomes real and genuine to a person's heart, there is a new birth. And friend, that new birth has a new desire. And that new desire is to please the Lord Jesus and to love the Lord Jesus and to faithfully serve the Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? Again, enlistment leads to desire to please. Wonderful example we find in the Old Testament is a beautiful picture that comes from Second Samuel chapter 23. And it's a story of David's early days before his king actually is on the run from crazy king Saul and he's hiding in the caves. And it's a story about David's mighty men in the cave of Abdullam. And the story says how three of those mighty men, three of his chief and bravest, his most outstanding warriors, and soldiers. How they hear David begin to long for a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. Bethlehem's where David grew up. I see David out there. He's a wanted man now. It seems like things are crumbling around him. He's in a desert place, a dry place, and he longs and yearns, oh, for the earlier days when things were simpler, when things were easier, when I could drink that cool, refreshing water from the well of my hometown. But the Bible says that he didn't even give a command. He just expressed his heart that I would love to drink from that well. Now, the problem was that well was under Philistine control. The enemy had a garrison there, and it was some 12 miles away, and David and his men were wanted men and fugitives, and on the run, but without any official command. Those three men broke through the enemy lines. They went through a force, marched at night, 12 miles one way. They risked their lives. They fought in, they fought out. A force march through the night. Again, they were, um, it was under enemy control. The whole time they were moving their wanted men, but they heard the heart of their king. And they took it as a command. And went forth and sacrificed their own to get David that drink of water just to please the one that had called them, just to please the one they had been called to and the one they served. And you know, if you know anything about David, David was a man that had a heart after God. And if you know the rest of the story that we won't deal with, David took that water and he could not recognize the risk and the sacrifice that it took to get that drink. He poured it out as an offering to the Lord. David was something else. But those three men, they were good soldiers. Those three men, it was said of them that they lived close enough to their king, to hear his heart. They knew his desire. Friends, let's live close to Jesus that we might know his heart. If I'm gonna be a good soldier, I wanna live close enough that I can hear his sigh, I can know his heartbeat, I can know the things that move him. They were close enough to their king that they could hear his whisper and know his desire. And they were consecrated enough that his wish became their command. They were willing and devoted. Let us live lives wholeheartedly for the Lord Jesus, putting him first. They cared about the things that Jesus cared about. Not only did they live close enough to know his heart, they cared enough about his heart that they would sacrifice themselves to please him and to do that which would honor him. These three soldiers, these good soldiers, these mighty men of faith, they lived close enough to their King they were consecrated enough to their king and they were courageous enough for their king that when they heard the call, when they recognized his desire, they risked it all. They went alone, just three men, going through fighting off the enemy just to bring their king the desire of his heart. Let us be willing, even if it calls and demands sacrifice from our lives, that if that's what it takes to please the Lord Jesus Christ, We'll do it, and we'll do it gladly. Let us be men and women that are good soldiers, loyal soldiers, faithful soldiers, that love our commander more than we love ourselves. And not only do we know his heart, and not only are we consecrated enough to do his will, but we're willing to sacrifice even of ourselves if it means pleasing him and honoring him and bringing his will to pass in the earth. Can you say amen? These mighty men pleased the one that called them. Let me give you three quick thoughts on how we can soldier effectively. Let's soldier on. Number one, soldiers, remember that you have been commissioned, commissioned by God. It's in his name. It's with his authority. It's under his orders, with his power, that we live this life and we carry out our call. May that thought produce a courage within your heart and a confidence. You've been commissioned by God. You've been sent and deputized. You've been given authority anointing and appointing. We are soldiers of Jesus Christ. We have been commissioned by the King of Kings and we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit of God. And we have been entrusted with the power of His grace to do His work and to do His wills. And and as faithful soldiers, we live under the orders of heaven. We're not doing our own thing. We're doing His thing. We just don't run about doing our thing and say, God bless it. We're saying, Lord, what do you desire? of your servant and we carry that forth with a confidence and a courage because we know we are under orders from heaven. It's a beautiful thought that the goal and the I am with you is upon the life of every believer. And if you truly understand what it is to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, that is a commissioning from heaven itself, that you can go forward and do his will with grace, with confidence, and with certainty, that if God before you, none can be against you. You're commissioned by God. And as a soldier, I must recognize and strive to be committed to God and compliant to my commander. I have to remember that he doesn't serve me. I serve him. Sometimes we get it backwards in the church. We think that we're Lord and he's the servant. But it isn't that way at all, is it? He's Lord and I'm the servant. I must be sold out for Jesus, not ashamed of the gospel, fully dedicated and fully devoted to live for the Lord Jesus and do his will with my life. If you're a soldier of Christ, I want you to remember you're commissioned by God. That ought to encourage you and that ought to strengthen you. You don't go in your own strength, you go in his. You don't go with your own orders, you go divinely sent. But secondly, understanding as a soldier, I'm under the commander. I take my orders from him. I have to strive to be committed and compliant to what he wants from my life. But I also have to recognize that as a soldier, I'm part of the army of God. As a soldier, I have to practice coordination and cooperation with the rest of the soldiers. You see, whether it's an army, family, a body or a team, working together is of greatest importance. We lock arms and complement one another. We don't compete with one another. We work together, supporting and encouraging each other. Cooperation. Consideration and coordination. That's how we accomplish the work that God has called us to do. Again, we accomplish so much more. In ourselves, we might feel small and limited. But when we come together with the rest of the family, when we lock arms with the other soldiers and the rest of the body, then all of a sudden when we pray together and we work together and we give together, and we sacrifice and serve and say together, we find out we're part of something so much greater than ourselves. We're part of the body of Christ. And we find out that when we work together, we can accomplish so much more than we could ever do on our own. Number one, there's the enlistment. If you're a good soldier of Christ, recognize you've been enlisted. You've been chosen by God to serve his cause and to live a life that pleases the king of kings. And God's people say amen. There's an enlistment, but then there's an engagement. Again, verse 4. Look at verse 4 with me. No one engaged in warfare. Now, we've got to make sure we're engaging the enemy and not one another. That's important. We don't need any friendly fire in the church. You're in the family. Can you say amen? You know, if you're in that natural army, you've ever been in that army, you, you know they like the KISS principle. Keep it simple. And if you met some privates, you know why they want to keep it simple. Amen. And, and one of the things that really shows how they like to keep it simple, if you ever see a claymore mine, amen, a brick-like thing, it's kind of with plastic, and you still wire up so the enemy trips it, they get exploded. But you'll notice that the claymore, now remember, they want to keep it simple because we don't want any friendly fire. So if you look on the side of a claymore, uh, put in big, big words. This side towards the enemy. Amen. This, really, honest. this side towards the enemy. Make sure you, you that side. That boom. That's where the boom goes. Not here. Amen. I see sometimes in the church, there's a lot of um, um, friendly fire. We don't need that, do we? We're here to fight the devil and love one another. Uh, we are engaged in a conflict. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We are warring for the souls of men. In fact, you know, the very first mention of the church in the new testament includes a military image of conflict and conquest it's the familiar verse from matthew 16 where the lord jesus himself said i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it it's a picture of an army storming the gates and conquering the city and that's a picture of the church that's the picture of us the body of christ advancing with the message and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, advancing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit into places of spiritual darkness where darkness reigns and we're rescuing the perishing like a mighty army going forth in the power of God, carrying out the good news of the gospel of God, setting captives free and claiming lies for Christ. Oh, that's true. The very first time you see the word church in that New Testament, it's with the... Um, image of conflict and conquest because we are engaged in a conflict and we are called to mightily fight this good fight of faith and take god's message to the ends of the earth now under this point let me give you three things that a soldier should know number one there is an expectation for every soldier expectation god expects our participation and god expects our victory Let me say that again. God expects everyone to do their part. But God is so anointed, he equipped us and blessed us that he expects us to get the victory when we give the effort. God expects us to fight. God expects us to stand. God expects us to serve, to sacrifice. But above that, God expects us to win because he goes with us and his spirit is for us. God has ordained victory for your life and certainly for the life of his church. And God wants you and I to have such expectation. God wants his people to have the expectation of faith, the expectation of victory, to have a spiritual positiveness as we walk this Christian walk. One of my favorite Old Testament ca- characters is Caleb. Caleb's one of my favorites. Like Caleb of old, God wants us to have a Caleb spirit. What do I mean? The Bible says, and you can read about Caleb in the book of Numbers, and the book of Joshua, that Caleb had a different spirit. He was different than the others because he followed God wholeheartedly and he had the expectation of faith. Two men, you know the story, it's a familiar one. Two men took God at his word. Two men were willing to face the giants and possess the land that God had promised his people. But the rest doubted, the rest gave in to unbelief, the rest spread a bad report. And because of that, for some forty years, an entire nation, how to endure a chastisement and walk in the desert. You've got to watch who you follow. And sometimes we have to go through things because of someone else's doubt and unbelief in the sermon for another day. But while the doubters died off, Caleb's faith grew strong. While the doubters that God had it chastised came off the scene, Dave, um, Caleb got older in age, but firmer and stronger in faith. And after some 40, 45 years of waiting, he's about 85 years old at the time. He's been walking in circles for 40 years because someone else's lack of faith. But it's his faith, even after all that time, was still firm and still strong and still ready and still had an expectation to believe God and to trust God and to follow the will of God. And when it finally came time to divide up the inheritance to the different tribes, Caleb looks at Joshua and says, Joshua, you know this like no one else, but you and I were the only ones that believed God. And God has kept me alive for all these 40 plus years. Now give me my mountain or give me my inheritance. I'm ready to take it on. He's in his 80s, but he still had expectant faith. He's in his 80s, but he knew the giants didn't stand chance because of God before us who can be against us. He's in his 80s, and he had to watch the doubters fall, and he had to go through the time. Many times people's faith wears out if things don't happen overnight. But true people of faith, they get stronger even during the wait. They're their tenacity and desire to press in, it gets greater. Even when God forces them to walk a walk, they'd rather not take. Caleb had a spirit that God wants every one of us to have. It's a spirit of Faith, a spirit of expectation, a spirit that believes God is greater than the giants, God is greater than the adversary, his promises are yes and amen. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Will you believe God? Will you stand on the promise of God? Will you make up your mind? Doubters might doubt and grumblers can grumble. As for me and my house, we're gonna believe the Lord, we're gonna trust the Lord, we're gonna obey the Lord. Can you say amen? expectation. We're going to have an expectation. We expect God's promises to come to pass. We expect God's power to be made known in our lives and in our homes. We expect His presence to always be with us. Soldiers' engagement. (sighs) Engaged in a fight of faith with an expectation of victory and participation. God expects me to do my part. You know what? I'm going to do my part. You're going to do your part? Lord, you loved me. You died for me. I'm going to do my part to obey you. I'm going to do my part for the gospel. I'm going to do my part. And as I do, I'm expecting God to bless. Because God said, if you go, I'm going with you. And I'm going to anoint your efforts. And I'm going to bless you in every way. Hallelujah. Expectation. Next one's the enemy. Don't forget the enemy. Don't shoot your brother. Don't blame the in-laws. And don't accuse your boss. Did I cover everybody? Oh, Lord, there's a spiritual enemy out there, and we got spiritual weapons we need to fight him with. Amen? And let's mark this down. He plays for keeps, and we're commanded to give him no place. And you and I have been promised that we have been given power to defeat him. We got blessed with this on Wednesday night. I mean, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he must flee from you. Man, that got us happy. Amen. He didn't say he's going to flee from the apostle or the bishop or the pope. He says he'll flee from you. If you're a child of God living a surrendered life, then you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, lies, and deceptions. You can stand firm in that armor of God. You can stand firm speaking forth the word of God. You can stand firm and strong with the authority of God. And the Bible says the devil will flee from. Oh, that was so weak. Give it another one. One, two, three. Everybody say you. A little better. A couple of people woke up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't that excite you? I mean, you don't even got to call the preacher. You lay claim to that promise. You stand on God's word. Devil, you're not entering here. This is God's home. Amen. This is where Jesus lives. Stand on his word. Woo. Oh, Lord, know your enemy, understand his strategy, and defeat him in the power of God. Expectation, enemy, equipment, God has equipped us. Again, this would take a a month long on Wednesdays. We'd study all out. But, you know, it's important that we study and see what God has given us to live the Christian life successfully. Because if we're ignorant of what we have and what God's given us, If we're limited in our understanding of the great salvation we have, we'll be limited in our battle for our souls. That's why the devil doesn't want you to know your Bible. He doesn't want you to understand what happened on Calvary. He doesn't want you to understand the power in the name of Jesus, the power in the blood of Jesus, the power in the Spirit of God that dwells. The devil doesn't want you to recognize that the very same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in Oh, He don't want you to know that. He wants you to think you're weak and you're frail, but devil is a liar. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in that world. The Bible gives us equipment, and and God wants you and I as his soldiers, as his sons and daughters, to be fully able to live out this Christian life effectively and fruitfully, triumphantly. He wants us to recognize the weapons we have, the armor of God, the Holy Spirit of God is no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. The power of prayer, the shield of faith, the word of God, praise and purity, confession, the blood of Jesus, testimony, a consecrated life, the name of Jesus, the new birth, the baptism, the Holy Spirit. Those are almighty and effective weapons that you possess. As good soldiers of Christ. That God wants you to understand. So you can enjoy them. And employ them. For the victory of faith. Expectation. Enemy. Entanglements. We studied number one. The enlistment of a child of God. We're all called to be good soldiers of Christ. We've been chosen by God. He saved us. He redeemed us. He rescued us. He made us his very own. And there's something in the heart of that born-again believer that should desire to please the one that chose him and saved him. Number one, there's the enlistment. Number two, there's the engagement. We're engaged in a conflict. And God expects us to participate and he expects us to win and have the victory. But number three, now notice entanglements. Entanglements. I can't cover all the subpoints thoroughly as I'd like, but you just write it down if there's one or two that really speak to you and let the Lord speak to you during the week and help you to get greater insight into it. But here we go. Verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who listed If you get entangled by certain things, it'll hinder your ability to please the Lord, to walk with the Lord, and to fulfill your divine purpose in the Lord. Entanglements. Beware. Look out for entanglements in this world. Don't be tripped up, deceived, defeated, distracted, ensnared, tied up, bound, bogged down. The faithful soldier desires to please his king and do the will of him who sent him. And he has to be eternity-minded. Can't serve two masters. Can't be double-minded. God's trip off the entanglements and weights that easily beset us and hinder us from running this race. The faithful and good soldier of Jesus Christ stays focused on his walk with God, stays focused on the cause of Christ. And again, when Paul talks about entanglements, He's not just talking about things that we know are black and white sins. That's easy. That, that's that's child's play. We're not dealing with that. But he will deal with certain things in our lives that maybe aren't terrible, but they can get out of priority and get out of place. And they can become an entanglement. that it really hinders us from putting God first and doing the will of God. And again, he's not calling for a monk-like existence, because God blesses and God gives things for our enjoyment. But so much of walking with God. Again, once you get what, a real Christian, I mean a real Christian, I'm not talking the fly-by-night. I'm not talking on the one that talks religious, and they're no more going to heaven than the chair you're sitting in. I mean something that's sincere about walking with God. We don't got to talk to them about black and whites. They, 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 they know the clear sins you don't do. But those of us that really want to walk with God, those aren't the problem. It, it comes to certain things that maybe we allow to get too much of a priority in our life. Are we allowed to get an entanglement or a negative influence in our life? Let's talk about some of these. Our priorities must be arranged in order by the eternal if I'm going to be a good soldier. Dr. MacArthur writes, a good soldier of Christ Jesus refuses to allow earthly matters to interfere with the fulfillment of his duty to his Lord. We've got to make sure the eternal thing is first. Seek you first. The kingdom of God in history. There's time for other things. He's not asking for a monk-like existence. But we've got to get things in their proper place. Can you say amen? Brother Wiersbe writes, We keep ourselves from getting entangled by seeking to please Christ. When a soldier makes a decision, the big question is not, is it safe or is it popular? But is it right? Is it what my commander wants me to do? I want you to take note six things that have real potential to entangle us. It doesn't matter if you're a newly saved or you've been saved most of your life, like a lot of us, but saved a lot of years. But these have potential to become setbacks and trip-ups for any of us. So let's beware. I don't want anything hindering my service to the king. Amen? I don't want anything to keep me from advancing in the Lord, as he's called. So let's notice six things that have the potential to Number one, problems. Everybody say problems. Now problems should challenge us but not entangle us. They can't consume us and control us. But listen, folks, listen. If problems keep us from being good soldiers, we'll never be very productive because life is full of problems. Anybody? Jesus said that. I dare you to call him a liar. He said, in this world, you shall have troubles, problems. But, But you can have victory in the problem even before you're over the problem. And I've got to watch myself. Because some people are always putting God off until everything is perfect. You're never going to get right with God. You're never going to get where. There's always something. Amen? In this world, there's always something. There's my paraphrase translation. In this life, there's always something. So I've got to be able to deal with situations and still serve the Lord. I've got to be able to deal with, with the problems of life, keeping the victory even while the problem's going on, and still keep serving the Lord. If we take a time out from being a good soldier, every time a problem comes up, <laughs> we're not going to be doing a soldier are we? So number one, one thing that really does, I I watch some people, they just go for one strife and one drama, another strife, another drama, and you look back after five years and they haven't done much for the kingdom. And it's just a trick of the devil. Keeping them distracted, keeping them harassed. Amen? You know, there's a strategy in military, and this is not in the notes, there's a strategy in military warfare training, and the, the, the name is slipping me, but if a smaller group cannot defeat a bigger group, Instead of going head to head, they'll just try to distract them from their objective. They'll just kind of hit them and harass them, hit them and harass them. And if they can keep from doing what they're supposed to do, then that little group actually is accomplishing their task. And sometimes what the devil will do, he'll just keep harassing. Uh, you, you have peace for about a week and a half. Something else comes up. Maybe you have a good month. Something else comes up. Hey, welcome to life. But don't allow those things to keep you from saying faithful to the Lord, faithful to his house, faithful to your call. Somebody say amen. There's problems and then there's people. Oh, Lord, there's people. Don't look at anyone. Look right here. Oh, don't, don't look right here. You know, people can become entanglements. On one side, there's influences and in relationships. We have to ask ourselves, is this friendship and relationship helping or hurting my walk with the Lord? Is that easy? Am I keeping it simple? I do not want to get too deep this morning, but, but I have to ask myself. What kind of effect is that relationship having on my Christian walk? Am I better or worse Christian because of that relationship? But secondly, when it comes to people, here's another side dealing with people, and I want you to get this. There's probably more of you fall into this trap than you think. I can't allow other people's problems and offenses to entangle me. I can't allow other people's offenses or failures shouldn't trip up my devotion with the Lord. Don't defile your faith with someone else's problems. I've seen some people backside, but someone else went through something. That's not your issue. You keep walking with Jesus. You don't know the whole story. Amen? People, ask yourself, where's this relationship taking me? And then search your heart. Am I getting out of my business? Sometimes you've got to mind your own and let the people handle their own problem. And everybody said, Thank you. Problems. People, how about plans? You know, plans can trip us up. I mean, I know we're supposed to make good plans and good goals. We understand that, but you know, be careful of getting so caught up and so stressed out with our own agenda, with our own personal plans and pursuits, that we get distracted and exhausted from our walk and our duty to the Lord. Something is so busy achieving my dreams. I'm gonna dream my dream. And I got my five-year goal. What's God's goal? What's God's will? Amen. So busy achieving my dream that I ignore God's plan and God's desire for me. So make sure your plans are sanctified. Make sure you bring them before the Lord for his divine approval. Amen. Make sure if it be the will of God, not just plans, possessions, possessions. Wow. In the materialistic blessed country that we live in, possessions are really entanglements, aren't they? Now, listen, you can lose out with God if you don't balance certain things in life. We have to ask ourselves, well, how much is enough? How much is enough? And again, we're in a materialistic society, but don't lose the eternal because of the temporal. This thought came to mind. This thought came to mind as I was studying. I said to myself, what do you want? Earthly toys or heavenly treasures? What do you want more of? Earthly toys or heavenly treasures? And God blesses us. God's a good God. He provides and he provides. God's not against having fun. I don't know if you grew up in this thing in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, you might have thought that. It kind of seemed like that's how they acted. If it was fun, it was sin. I'm not saying that at all. But I, if you know anything about your church history, that pendulum has swung way over to the other side. Now and, and, and now, I mean possessions. I mean, you know, we get so caught up in things that some people don't have time to serve God. Somebody say, "Amen." Can I give you another one? They're all peace. I'll make it easy. All peace. This is one more serious, and I want to say it compassionately because life is life. Life is tough. Anybody, life is tough. That's not fair. Problems, people, plans, possessions, pain, pain. Pain can trip you up. In this world, you will be hurt and you will be offended. Don't lose your soul over it. Don't lose your love for Jesus over it. Don't let it put a seed of bitterness within your heart. Let's be honest, in this world, We've all wept, bitter tears. We're not ashamed to say we've wept and we weep for one another. The people of God, with the great promises of God, we still live in a fallen world. We still go with things that are painful, disappointing, defeat, rejection, sorrows, even death. Don't reject your call because of that. Remember, he's a healer. He's a wounded heart healer. When things go wrong, don't run from God, run to God. When things go wrong, you can't explain it, and you didn't deserve it. Don't let the devil use that to drive a wedge between you and the Lord. Just get closer to God. Cry out to God. Listen, you, you can love him and serve him without really understanding all about him. You know what I mean? Some things we don't understand, but don't let it separate you from the love and mercy of God. Jesus is a healer. Heaven is a reality. Don't let the pains and disappointments of this world keep you from the next. Can you say amen? Problems, people, plans, possessions, pleasures. Pleasures, oh my, pleasures. You know what the Bible says? In the book of Timothy, the Bible says, in the last days, we live in the last days, in the last days, men will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know what's in the Bible? The New Testament? Must be the last day. Pleasures. Jesus asked, what is a prophet of man to gain the world and lose his soul? Wow. Don't let anything keep you from being a good soldier, of Christ. Don't let other things distract you or become more important to you than serving the Lord Jesus first and foremost. And living a life that strives to please the one that opened his arms and shed his blood on Calvary's cross for you and for me. Hobbies must be kept in their proper place. They're not wrong with hobbies. They're not wrong with these things. God's a good God. He blesses us. But we must make sure those things stay in their proper place. And somehow they don't wrestle out God's proper place in our lives. You know, folks, everything in life is kind of like that tithe. These aren't in the notes, but we must well go down that road. You take that first part, just give it to God, first and foremost, and everything else will wind up. You do that with your days of the week, you do that with your talent, you do that with everything. Just give God first place, and everything good, and everything else enjoy. Everything else, He'll bless. Everything else, He'll get more blessing out of it. Pleasures. Hobbies must be kept in their proper place, or you will miss out with God, and you'll never fulfill your purpose. Again, it's not so much a thing of that's terrible, but is that thing in its proper place? Is it hindering you from being a good soldier and carrying out the cause and command of your king? Hallelujah. Talk about being a good soldier of Christ. Talk about being listed. God chose us. What a glorious thing. He didn't need me. He saw me and he called me and he paid a price to redeem me. Blessed be his name. The enlistment, the engagement. We are engaged in a conflict, in a warfare. God expects us to do our part, but God expects us to be victorious because he's with us. Entanglements. Paul warns Timothy, there's entanglements that can keep you from God's best. There are things in this life that maybe you won't lose your soul, but you'll certainly lose doing God's will. You'll certainly lose the prize that God has for you for fulfilling his call. Now there's the endurance. Verse 3, the endurance. Paul said it pretty clear here. You therefore must endure hardship. And the way it's written, he's not just pointing out to Timothy. He says, endure hardship with us. Join the rest of the group. We're all going through it. Anyone who wants to serve Christ is going to endure some problems and challenges and persecutions. So we must endure, endure, endure that hardship. Don't let the hardship make you backslide. Don't make that hardship just let you become, you know, a, a monk in a hole somewhere. No, no, no. Endure it. It'll come. Endure it. Life sometimes is not endure it. Endure it. Press on the Lord. Refuse to give up. Refuse to lose your song. Refuse to settle for second best. Continue to love God. Continue to speak up for Jesus. Continue to do your part to do what God has called you to do. Endure hardship. Don't give up because of it. Don't spend half your life running away from it. Go through it by the grace of God. Press through with the power of God. We're called to press through and refuse to turn back. We're called to be finishers. He's called us to finish the race. Be courageous and disciplined disciples. Determined and consecrated soldiers. Listen, friend, hardships are common to man. Make up your mind. I will not be defeated by them. Hardships will come because I'm nobody special. But I've made up my mind. I won't let them turn me back from Jesus. Hardships will come. And some I'll be able to explain and some I won't. But I've made up my mind this world before me and the cross ahead of me. I'm not turning back for anything. I'm going on if men like it or if they don't. I'm going on even if others don't come with me. I've made up my mind I'm going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm going to strive to please the one that shed his blood and gave me mercy when I deserved judgment. He gave me grace when I could have got some justice. But, oh, God's been good. And I'm making up my mind. I'm going to endure hardship. I'm not going to whine about it. I'm not going to give up because of it. Greater is he that's within me. Jesus, you endured the cross for me. I'll endure whatever life throws at me for you. Can you say amen? Jesus endured. We belong to Christ, therefore we will share in his sufferings. There will be rejection and opposition, misunderstanding and resistance. I'm amazed at how little it takes for some Christians to half-backslide. Some are so easy. Some are so easy. Don't take much at all. I've got to watch myself because I'm feeling too good right about now. Woo! I mean, they'll fight more of losing a sale of Walmart than they will faithfully getting out. Getting out. Doing what God's called you to do. I want to say amen. Ooh, feeling that? <sighs> Jesus endured. Hebrews 12. For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame. For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame. For the joy that's set before him, a good soldier knows there's something better coming. There's a great reward that awaits. A good soldier knows I have to endure some hardship here, but it'll be worth it all when I get there. A good soldier knows I might have to take some resistance. I might have to take some blows. It will be worth it all when I see Jesus. It will be worth it all when I cross the finish line. It will be worth it all. Just to hear Him look at me and say, "Well done, my good and my faithful servant." Can you say, "Amen"? Endure hardship is good. A good soldier is one that perseveres and continues and refuses to give up. Hallelujah! Jesus endure for us. Let us endure for Him. And lastly, a soldier's encouragement. Friend, we're on the winning side. Jesus has triumphed, and we're with him. He's with you. The battle's the Lord's battle. You don't battle alone. You battle the power of your God. So claim his victory. Walk with the awareness of his presence. Remember that your efforts have eternal value and significance. And what you do for Christ really does matter more than anything else. What you give, the prayers you pray, the service you offer, you're on the winning side. And what you do really does matter. It has an eternal value. And friend, God's going to reward you on that day. This life is like a vapor. So don't let this life and the applause here get too big. What awaits us is eternal and its glorious Let's do our part to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. For those that will, God says, I have a crown of righteousness that the Lord will give to you personally on that day. And again, there's an imperishable crown that lasts forever. Don't live your life wholeheartedly for things that are going to rust and fall away and be forgotten. Live for that which is eternal, which a thousand years will still be shouting about. singing about, the effective soldier of Christ. I want to please the one that called me. How about you? I want to please the one that loved me when he could have ignored me, that forgave me when I messed up again and again. I want to please him, for he's worthy of it. The one who loved me and died for me The one that's been so good to me I want to give him my best not my leftover. for the call and the cause of Christ let us give our all let's make a fresh consecration to the Lord as we close being a good soldier of Christ are 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 you being a good soldier of Christ I didn't say are you saved I didn't say did you ask Jesus in your heart one day I said are you being a good soldier of Jesus Christ Are you following his command? Are you doing works and striving to please him in all things? We start out as we open this altar. Number one, if you are here today and you have not received Christ, don't leave here before you do. Come down and let Jesus in your life. Give him your life. Give him your life. Put your faith in Christ. Come down someone will pray for you. But maybe the biggest thing here is not so much salvation but rededication. If you're here and you've drifted from the path, if you're here and the entanglements have tripped you up and snared you, and it's time to be set free and make a fresh commitment, today's your day. To make a fresh commitment and get in that race with a fresh start and vitality. If you need prayer or you'd like to pray, come down. Because let's be honest here. Faithful soldiers get bruised and wounded in faithful battle. But listen, his oil's still flowing. You might be here today, I'm a faithful soldier. I know one thing. Faithful soldiers get hit, get buffeted, get bruised. Fighting a good fight of faith. You might be going through some things and you're just a little wounded, a little tired. But I got good news, his oil is flowing. It's here right now. And he's there to heal some of those wounds. I know faithful soldiering, enduring, can drain you. Enduring. Can make you weary and exhausted, doing your best to strive forward in God, and it seems like things are against you and things are trying to hinder you. I want you to know that the refreshing of the Spirit is here this morning. That so you can get a refri- refreshing and get back in there. This altar is a place of healing, refreshing, restoring and reviving. And it's open to all. The power and the presence of the Lord is here to minister, and you're invited. You're invited. I pray in a special way. We pray that the power of God will be stronger here than anywhere else. But this is where people respond, and God honors the response and the faith. And we pray that when prayers are prayed, there's going to be a release of the power of God, a release of the flowing of the Spirit of God, more than it right here because this is where we come and respond and exercise our faith and bring ourselves as that living sacrifice of surrender that God might breathe upon the altar of our hearts. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. I'm going to pray our final prayer. We'll sing our final song, and we're going to open the altars. And again, for the most part, I know most here, you're faithfully loving God. But you're in the battle. You're in the fight of faith, and it's no shame, it's just reality that faithful soldiers get some bruises from the battle. Faithful soldiers get buffeted and get hit by the enemy. Well, the good news is the healing oil of Jesus is still flowing, and it's flowing this morning for faithful soldiers that have been bruised in battle. You know, faithful battle can exhaust you also just trying to do your best, and sometimes it just seems like you're swimming against the current, just trying to serve God. And it gets so exhausting at times. But I got good news. The Bible says that wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. And there's a renewing of strength as we wait upon God together, and the Spirit of God flows. So as we begin to open the altar, if you're a faithful soldier, a good soldier, but you've been bruised and Battered a bit, you're a little tired and weary for faithful battle. Come on down. Let people pray for you. And let God encourage you. Let God strengthen you. And let God minister grace to you. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of being in your service. We thank you for the honor of being your people. And Lord, we pray help us to be good soldiers. Oh Jesus. Christ. We want to be good soldiers. We want you to be pleased with us. We want our lives to honor you. Lord, give us a sincere desire to please you. Father, in Jesus' name, help all of us to remove any entanglements that are a danger to our walk, that are in danger to us doing your will. Going forward in you, oh God, let entanglements be melted by the fire of God's presence. Lord, I pray this morning for the weary and the wounded soldiers of Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, release your refreshing. Release your oil of healing. Father, in Jesus' name, for those that are here today and they love you and they're doing their best to serve you, They're good soldiers, but they've been buffeted, they've been hit, they've been wounded. And they need a touch of that healing oil. Give it to them. There's some that are here today just doing their best to keep a good spirit about things, to keep faithful, and they're getting a little weary and tired trying to do the good thing. Lord, refresh them. Renew their strength as they come to you. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Fill this oil. Fill this altar with your power. Let the refreshing of the Spirit flow freely at this altar. That whosoever will can be restored, revived, refreshed. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, These altars are open. If you need prayer, come. If you're a faithful soldier and you're hurting and you're wounded, come. If you're a soldier that's weary and tired, come.